everyone. Welcome back to Quick Sticks, your source for RMU men's and women's lacrosse here at uh, Colonial Sports Network. I'm Owen Kreps, joined by Nate Breisinger, and today we have our first ever guest on the podcast, and it's a very big one to say the least. Um, today we have arguably, arguably the greatest player in RMU men's lacrosse history. He's only seven points away from passing Trevor Moore for the all-time leading points. Yeah, he's also 13 goals away from the all-time leading goals. He's currently fourth in assists, fifth in games played, sixth in games started, averages 3.43 goals per game, and he's already been drafted the NLL. Please welcome in graduate senior attackman, uh, number one, uh, Ryan Smith. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, how are you just overall, personally? I'm doing well. Um, had a good practice day, a little, little change of temperature today out there, but it was a good one. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. It's very, um, I think Mother Nature's playing an April Fool's joke on us with, with a dramatic change in weather there. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, during practice day, I think we had all four seasons out there. Yeah. Any good yeah. plans for uh, Go ahead, Nate. No, I was just going to say, yeah, the weather's definitely playing some tricks on us. Not enjoying this this cold weather, definitely missing that warm weather that we experienced a week ago. Yeah, I think I was getting yeah. sunburnt during practice Monday, Tuesday, and then I decided to hail and snow on us today. Yeah. Any good plans for Easter you got going on this weekend? Uh, not much, no. Um, we, we're heading down to South Carolina to play Jacksonville this weekend, so getting back late Saturday, so no, not too many plans. All right, well, um, for the, you know, I guess the, the structure of our show, we'll go first overall game recaps, news, and then we'll get into your career overall, so... Um, the recap of the only two games since our last episode, both men's and women's, won apiece. Uh, men's lacrosse versus Drexel, 19-3. It was a loss. It was a tough loss. Uh, comeback in the second half there. RMU scored six straight in the third quarter. Um, Ryan, what are your overall thoughts on this game? How tough of a loss was this? No, it was definitely a tough loss. We kind of got away from who we were for majority of that game. Um, we just need to keep uh, meeting the standards of our program. That's been lacking the last couple of weeks. So we've had a good work week, uh, a lot of hard work this week. So uh, hopefully meeting the standards up this weekend and get a better result. Do you consider Drexel as one of your biggest rivals being like cross-state? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good teams in Philly there, Drexel being one of them. It's always a good Pennsylvania rivalry. Now, across the – obviously you guys added Drexel – um, just recently before you ended up playing them. How important do you think uh, this game was to add, especially like you uh, you guys have already played against some really good opponents like Duke, Notre Dame, and Virginia. How important was this matchup and just in terms of, you know, the layout of the season for you guys? It was very important. We were originally supposed to have the weekend off, so it was exciting that our coaches were able to schedule a game there on short notice and have a quick turnaround. Um, and it could have helped us a lot with uh, RPI rankings and stuff like that, and unfortunately came out on the wrong end of it. Um, you registered your 17th career hat trick in this one. You only need seven points, as we mentioned, to pass Trevor Moore for the all-time point leader. Um, but the big story in this one uh, was Brandon Sherloff, um, who scored five goals. What was it like to get uh, such a big effort out of a guy like him? Yeah, Sully's always uh, super strong in practice and whatnot, with Corson going down hurt. Um, it was awesome to see him step up like that. He's had a couple big games and a couple big moments throughout his career as well. And it's always great to see guys like that who work so hard every day, um, always stepping up whenever they get an opportunity in a game. Yeah, and moving on to, uh, real quick for the women's across recap, uh, just for the only game that they had this past week, uh, they 
Uh, played the same day as you guys um, last weekend against Central Michigan. They got the win. They're now 3-0 and in their conference, the MAC, right now. Both of the Gandy twins scored uh, or four goals in that one. Kelly Flynn had a hat trick as well. Women's lacrosse has a good chance of being at the top of the MAC right now. They're currently, of course, undefeated in that. Uh, how closely does the men's team and the women's team follow each other and keep tabs on each other? Um, pretty close. Um, we're, we've always been pretty good friends with them, obviously coming in the same year as the Gandys and whatnot. Um, no, but we're always in contact with uh, each other's teams. Uh, obviously harder this year with, with COVID and whatnot, but no, it's good to see them out so strong and hopefully they can make an appearance in the NCAA tournament this year. Absolutely. What is something you think that you guys can learn from uh, the women's team and also something the women's team could learn from you guys? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I just think we're both really hardworking programs. So just kind of um, seeing how hard they work every day. Um, it's kind of like good motivation, seeing how much like they run and how much effort they put in. Um, just try to go the master effort. I'm sure it's the same the other way. And then, of course, just an update on the stats or on the standings real quick. Um, neither teams, of course, ranked in the NCAA, um, but uh, women's record so far, 7-2, 3-0 in the MAC. That's uh, currently first in the MAC. 4-0 at home. Uh, men's record, 3-5 and overall, 1-0 at home. Seven games have been on the road so far, and as you mentioned, you have another one coming up here. What has the schedule been like in terms of road games, and how can that boost uh, a lot of team chemistry, especially in the early parts of the season? Yeah, for sure. We've always kind of had the mindset of uh, we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. And we're just kind of embodying that this year. Um, we've always kind of been road warriors throughout my uh, five years here, but definitely this year. Um, it's a little tougher to build that chemistry, like I said, just because of COVID. You're kind of just stuck in your hotel rooms, can't really go mingle with the rest of the team like we've had been in previous years. But definitely just talking with guys on the bus and whatnot, uh, it's definitely just builds a lot of team chemistry. And then obviously this year, you guys aren't in a conference right now, and next year going into the A Sun. Once you're gone, how strange is how strange is it this year to not play in a conference? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a different feeling. Always having those good games in conference with our with our uh, biggest opponents there usually. Um, so it's weird just not going into conference play. But like we said before, it doesn't really matter who who we're playing. It's just um, uh, any team can beat anyone in Division One lacrosse. So just happy to be playing this year. Yeah, and while we'll move on to just your career in general, um, we'll address the elephant in the room. You're still here, man. Um, you graduated last year, and then, of course, you know, COVID happened. You got that extra year of academic eligibility. What was your thought process like on coming back because of the extra year of eligibility? Uh, and what are you looking to do in your graduate senior year? Yeah, no, it was definitely a, a sour taste in the mouth after last year got canceled and not being able to go out. Um, how our senior class wanted to go out. So if, just through talking with Coach McMinn, I saw it'd be a great opportunity to come back. I'm doing uh, my master's degree right now. So being able to further my education was obviously the biggest decision. And I thought uh, it would be pretty dumb of me not to come back, to be honest. And I'm kind of happy I did, very happy I did, especially when the NLL season got canceled because all my friends back home haven't really played lacrosse in a year and a half, and I'm still playing. So definitely grateful to be back. Yeah. Did you plan on uh, going for your master's uh, beforehand? Not really, no, not right away. Um, I was always kind of a thought in the back of my head, maybe later on after getting some work experience and whatnot. Uh, but being able to come back and get it while I'm still pretty young and um, no, definitely, definitely grateful for the opportunity to, to get that and continue playing lacrosse here. 
So once you got the news that you guys would be getting that extra year of eligibility, was there ever a doubt in your mind that you wouldn't uh, continue and come back? Not really, no. Just through talking with Coach McMahon, um, I never really thought about transferring anywhere. It was always just RMU or not coming back, really. So, uh, no, not really. A, it wasn't much of a decision. Uh, just kind of made that decision quickly to come back. Do you think some athletes um... – not just in lacrosse, but they're kind of honestly like taking advantage of the extra year of eligibility. We see a lot of transfers, uh, especially in basketball, that are going places um, despite arguably getting like a full season for the most part, just to, had the playoffs cut through. Um, what are your thoughts on that being obviously a sport that didn't even get to finish the season last year? And how heartbreaking was the end of last season for you? Yeah, the first part of that question, just with everyone transferring and whatnot, um, you only get four or five years to do this, um, to be a college athlete. And they're some of the greatest moments of your life. So being able to finish the way you want to go out instead of just season cancel and never being able to do it again. I know a lot of people, um, who didn't come back for a fifth year are just kind of regretting it because you only get so long to do this. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, that was also a, a kind of a follow-up question I had there with uh, other players that didn't come back, and uh, you kind of addressed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, like I said before, you only get five years to play your four years. So when, once the NCAA uh, granted everyone with that eligibility, for me at least, it was pretty much a no-brainer coming back. Nate, go ahead. Um. Now, do you think, do you think with this extra year of eligibility, do you think, uh, you know, athletes, you, you have the opportunity, obviously, to take over and, you know, the career points. Do you think you guys have an, an extra advantage of, you know, playing that extra year? For sure. I, I think there will always be a little asterisk beside it in the record book. Um, but also, you we also got the rest of our season canceled last year, so obviously going to have a couple extra games and whatnot. But um, it's just kind of an honor to be up there with all those greats that have, that have came through this program. Yeah, I mean, I would argue also that, like, there uh, the asterisk necessarily doesn't need to be there because you have, I mean, you're, what, fourth, I think, in, in games played. You'll probably, you know, journey up. You'll obviously journey up uh, the, those standings by towards the end of the year. But still, like, it's not that big of a margin, um, and especially with your guys' schedule this year. It's been a funky schedule. You guys aren't in conference, in a conference. so. I mean, there is an asterisk, but I also think that, like, there's a reason for that asterisk. And a lot of, you know, sports leagues have had to adjust to that. Like, statistics are crazy now in for any sure. sport because of the pandemic. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I definitely agree with that. But, um, yeah, no, just like I said, it's just an honor to be recognized among those all those all-time greats that have come through our program. Uh, moving on just to you um, as, a, as a person, your career growing up, um, how early in your life did you pick up a lacrosse stick uh, and when did you start to play? Yeah, being from Ontario up in Canada, um, it was always, I always played hockey and lacrosse since the age of three. So I started, I started skating when I was about two and a half. And then that, that winter when I turned three, started playing hockey, then started playing lacrosse the next summer as well. Um, actually a pretty funny story about how I started playing lacrosse. My my dad went to watch my cousin play T-ball and just said, he's not watching it. So he signed me up for a little bit more of an exciting sport. So he got bored. That's funny. 
Yeah, he got very bored. So he wanted a little bit more action packed, I guess. So he signed me up. And then my oldest, my older cousin also played lacrosse. So he yeah, kind of compared the, two, compared the two and went with lacrosse. Yeah, that's kind of how it is in the States here. You play like, if, if, if a hockey player has like another sport, it's usually baseball because it's usually mm -hmm. in, the, in the spring. Um, we don't, you know, lacrosse isn't as popular as a sport here. Um, why number one? Why are you uh, number one? Is there any significance behind that? Not really any significance. Uh, my freshman year coming in, they just kind of emailed us the available numbers and just kind of saw the, saw the first one and picked it. <laughs> so when in your career um, did you start to realize, um, like playing, you know, in high school and things like that, did you start to realize that you were, you know, you're pretty good at lacrosse and you kind of wanted to do it as long as you could? Um, and maybe even make a career out of it. Yeah, no, I was definitely a late bloomer. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, going into high school, I was only four foot ten, so not really the biggest guy by any means, and uh, I wasn't really athletic back then either. And kind of had a 15, 16 inch growth spurt throughout high school. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't. Uh, Robert Morris was only the Division One school that I really talked to for playing lacrosse. Um, so, no, definitely didn't really know it was going to turn out like this. And i um, very grateful for Coach McMahon and everything he's done for me and giving me this opportunity. I'm curious, what position did you play in hockey? Uh, I was a left winger. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, if you, if you didn't um, have the opportunity to be playing lacrosse right now, what do you think you would be doing? <laughs> That's a very good question. I always, I, It was always my dream to play Division One, and I didn't really have any backup plans. Um, I was talking to a couple of Division II schools as well, so I'd imagine I'd be at one of those if Coach McMinn never contacted me. Um, you, you mentioned his name a lot. Um, your your coach, how important and influential has he been on your, you know, success as a lacrosse athlete? And was he made it one of the main reasons that made you uh, choose RMU? You mentioned you only really was talking to RMU, so no other schools really really contacted you. Uh, none at the Division One level, and just kind of through the recruiting process and uh, talking to Coach Men. Just love the culture that he's built here, and just from day one, he's always just been straight up with me. Um, one of the most honest guys I know, and um, that really just drew me here. And then when I visited and talking through the guys and whatnot, it was just one of the biggest family atmospheres I've I've ever seen, and I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. Now, with that culture that McMahon had built um, throughout your career, you had the opportunity to, you guys won back-to-back -back NEC titles and then appeared in those back-to-back -back NCAA tournaments. Um, what was what was that experience like and playing in those games? Oh, it was awesome. Um, being the, a part of the first two teams that I've ever done that in program history, like I said, going back to all, all the RMU greats, they've never won the NEC title or anything like that. So it was definitely a special feeling being a part of those teams that were able to win the NEC championship and then go on to the NCAA tournament. Um, just set, just raising those standards for uh, the teams in the future to follow. Yeah, and raising those standards definitely. Um, what have you seen so far in your, I guess, four and a half seasons uh, and years at RMU from when you got on campus originally from the lacrosse program and just how much it's grown so far in these past four or five years? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, just uh, just seeing it all across all social media platforms and people just love watching us play, just the brand of ball we play. And it's, um, no, it's definitely cool to be a part of. 
Um, you know, and you mentioned like you were only, you know, four foot uh, 11 going into your in high school. Um, you played other sports. You really weren't recruited by any other division one teams. Did you ever expect to be, um, you know, where you are now? I mean, I'm assuming the answer is no, but, you know, back to back in NEC titles, the all time leader, knock on wood, eventually in a RMU a men's lacrosse. Like, I, I don't think you'd ever expect this. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, um, just through playing my first couple of years, uh, just realizing how much better I have been getting through um, just practicing here at RMU, playing box lacrosse at summer in the home, at home, just seeing um, how much better I have been getting. Um, Jeff, exciting for me personally. Um, and I hope to continue that after I'm done here at RMU. Uh, and then, you know, this year, obviously very different with no uh, no conference to play. And you guys really can't win a conference championship in the regular season. But what are your goals for this season, um, given how strange it is? Yeah, no, for sure. The goals are just to go out there and leave it all on the field for our team. Um, like I've talked about before, the standards of the program, just making sure that we're meeting those standards every day and just uh, having a sense of pride of wearing that jersey uh, for the rest of the year here. Now, I, right, uh, just a few weeks ago, you actually had the opportunity, or you were named to, you know, one of the highest individual award watch lists in the Tewerton, if, if, that, if I'm saying that correctly, Tewerton award watch list. What was that like being named to that list? Yeah, no, it's definitely awesome to be recognized and feels good to be recognized with all those top players in the country. Um, doesn't really, uh, I kind of hold myself to that uh, high standard. Um, so to me, it wasn't really like a shock or anything, but I hold myself to those standards. But once again, just uh, feel felt very good to be recognized with the nation's top players. And as we've mentioned, you know, throughout the podcast so far, you're nearing, you're closing in on those, the point record, the goal record here at RMU. Throughout the throughout the years, what has been that motivating factor that has sort of led to your success? Yeah, no, um, just kind of trying to get better every single day. Just like I said, when I came in as a freshman, just kind of um, wasn't really expecting much. Just try to work hard and practice every day um, and took my opportunities when I got them. And that's always always just what I've kind of strived for, just being able to seize that opportunity once you've given it. So my motivation is just kind of laying it all out there every day, working my hardest every day. You know, um, obviously you're a very good player. Um, and this this is a kind of a just a, a widespread question. What do you think makes you a good player? What do you think you have on uh, your attributes make you like what what skill set do you think um is your best uh, your best asset? And what are some areas of your game you still think you need to work on? Yeah, I think just my kind of uh, my my best uh, ability is just kind of playmaking, whether it's uh, scoring or uh, feeding. I've just Ever since my freshman year, I was just kind of a goal scorer. So just trying to work on my playmaking, just getting my teammates more involved and just letting the game come to me. And I think the biggest thing I have to work on is just, like I said, letting the game come to me instead of trying to go out there, make every single play on every single possession. Um, you know, I have a lot of very talented teammates as well. And anyone, like uh, like we talked about Sully scoring five goals last game, anyone on our offense is uh, really capable of doing that anytime we go out there. So just trying to let the game come to me as much as possible. Yeah, and you mentioned, yeah, the teammates that you play with. Now, you don't have a twin uh, that you can play with like the Gandys. Um, but aside that, you still, you know, racked up points and all that um, with the teammates that you had. Who have been some of those teammates that, 
you've had really good chemistry with, um, whether, you know, past or present. Yeah, no, I'd definitely say in the past, um, me and Tyson Gibson always worked really well together. Uh, when Jimmy was at RMU before he went back to Utah, uh, we always played well together. Schmidt was just, whenever you gave him the ball, he just put it in the back of the net. And then now just with uh, Corson Keeley, Jake Boudreaux, Austin Popovich, really, we have really good chemistry on offense. And I think we've kind of shown that this year. What are you look, uh, looking forward to uh, in the most part or in the second half of this season? And what do you think um, – or what are you most proud of so far um, as an Army lacrosse player? Um, just being a part of this family atmosphere. Um, every year you get around 10 new recruits, 10 guys leave. So you have so many people you can lean back on. I'm just very grateful to be a part of the Army lacrosse program. What would you say yeah. your biggest – go ahead, Nate. Sorry, my bad. No, you could go ahead if you have a, another question. What do you What do you think uh, is your greatest accomplishment so far with men's lacrosse? I'd say winning back-to-back -back NAC championships and uh, getting into the NCAA tournament there. Now you you've built that you know amazing legacy here at RMU, but the path doesn't stop here. Like we mentioned earlier, you were drafted by the Rochester Nighthawks, uh, third overall by them. What was that like being drafted by a National Lacrosse League team, and what are you looking forward to most with playing with them? No, definitely uh, one of my biggest accomplishments in, in my life. Um, it was a, a super cool feeling um, to be drafted by them. I'm just very excited to get to camp in the fall and just try and earn a spot on the roster. And uh, there's just so many talented vet uh, players there between veterans, rookies, um, guys in the middle there. I'm just excited to get to camp and learn and just continue to grow as a player. Uh, this season, obviously, you're one of the leaders on this team. Um, and obviously, there's something that was is going on that uh, we all know um, has been going on for over a year now. Um, how hard has this whole situation been for you as a leader? And how challenging has it been for you to motivate your team and, you know, make sure everyone's, you know, following the protocols, things like that? And doing what they can do to persevere through this, because all teams are going through this. But you know, you can you can choose how you go through this, and how hard has it been to you know kind of be a leader through this pandemic? No, it's definitely been tough. Um, guys have been doing a super good job of it this year, just following protocols, not really having to get on guys too much. Um, no, it's definitely difficult. Um, you know. Like I said before, we've always been a huge family. We've always been hanging out together throughout the week on weekends. But this year, that's obviously not really possible with uh, the size having 45 guys on our team. I only really being able to hang out with uh, pods of 15 and whatnot. So no, it's, de it's definitely been challenging, but super proud of the guys of the effort they've put in to make sure they're following all protocols to make sure we can go out there and play some games. Now, you mentioned like the small pods and being able to team bond with like, you know, it's been a lot challenging this year. How how do you think that um, impacts like the play on the field? Not being able to bond off the uh, off the field. No, it's it's definitely a huge impact. So the best teams every year find a way to be uh, the closest the closest teams. Um, they always have that really high team chemistry, and you just basically have to find a way, make more of an effort to get the freshmen involved with everything, hang out with different classes, make sure you have that team chemistry. Yeah, definitely. And like as a student here as well, I, you know, I always know when I'm walking past the lacrosse team, they're all wearing, you know, their their uniforms, like not their uniforms, but, you know, the, the team uh, 
equipment and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's the lacrosse team But you guys are always seem to be in, in like a pack. Um, I'm just curious if you have any stories um, to share with us, any PG stories, of course, um, <laughs> from, from your, from your, you know, your experiences off the field uh, in, in men's lacrosse. No, you definitely hit it on the head there. Um, it's kind of funny just seeing um, like 40 of us walking around together sometimes after lift in the morning or practice in the afternoon or whatever time it is, just going to the calf after. Obviously, it's different this year if the setup just kind of be able to have four guys at a table. But with the old setup, we would take up after lift and practice probably two of those huge long tables yep. and everyone just kind of walk in. We we're just being loud and having a good time. So, no, definitely all good memories there. Any specific memories that stand out? Uh, I think there's too many to think to put me on the spot right now, to be honest with you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Nate, you have any final questions you want to ask? No, that's, I think we covered it all. All right. Well, I mean, you know, very, very happy to be able to get such an esteemed guest for our first ever uh, a guest on the, on the quick sticks podcast. Um, you know, thanks for coming on, Ryan. No, thank you guys for having me. And then up uh, this weekend, you guys are in Jacksonville, um, correct? Yes, playing Jacksonville, but at a neutral site in South Carolina. Okay, so you guys will be down there. Women's play uh, 1 o'clock Saturday as well. They'll be home. Um, and then hopefully you guys will be back home uh, a lot more. I mean, you guys will in terms of the schedule. Uh, be back at Joe Walton for some more home games so we can actually get to see you guys play in person. Yeah, supposed to be back in a couple weeks now, I think it is. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ocreps85. Nate, you're what exactly? Nate Brysinger. And then, Ryan, do you have a Twitter you want to plug here? Uh, it's Smith underscore Ryan5, I believe. Well, we'll plug just the Army lacrosse team. Um, you know, very successful program so far and looking to do it again this, uh, this season as well. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next back next week with hopefully another guest.